Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. All right, our guests today are Deborah Costa and Christine Renee, the mother-daughter design duo behind interior design studio Design Alchemy, based out of Sacramento, California. Design Alchemy is a nationwide design firm specializing in architectural estates, large-scale renovations, and new build residences, which is something Christine and Deborah's individual design careers and specialties blend together to accomplish. So Deborah and Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. We're happy to be here. So today we're mostly going to talk, we're going to try to focus around using pattern in a neutral space because if anyone goes and checks out your your website or your social media, which I encourage everybody to do because it's so beautiful, they'll notice that you use a lot of neutrals, but your spaces are not like they're not boring. They still have tons of interest and texture and and in some cases a lot of pattern. And I think that that's something that often when we talk about pattern, it's in the context of color. So how can you use pattern in a neutral palette, you know, and still kind of achieve that neutral space you're going for, but with with using prints? So um, before we get into that, I was wondering if you could kind of kick off by telling us a little bit about your design careers um, individually and then how you formed your company, Design Alchemy. Absolutely. Uh, This is Christine here. We're a mother-daughter team. So I really grew up in the industry. My dad is a general contractor. So growing up, our house was always torn apart with tarps and I was joining mom on jobs and going to the design center and picking up fabrics and schlepping samples. After high school, where I did a ROP drafting program, I went off to college and didn't want to do anything in the industry. I wanted to pave my own path. And I got really plugged into our women and gender studies program at St. Mary's College and had a great community there and went on to do a Fulbright grant in Malaysia where I was working with young women doing ethnography work. And it was during my time abroad where I just felt kind of stripped of my creative identity. I was always involved in the design world through proxy and I missed it. So I emailed mom, called mom all the time just for updates on her projects and, you know, wanted to continue that dialogue and have some creative input. And uh, she came over to visit me and also um, was on a manufacturing tour in Southeast Asia and China at the time. And I joined her and uh, got plugged in designing furniture uh, throughout Asia and Northern India. And when I returned home back to Sacramento, we had a bunch of sample product we had designed for big box stores and also at the wholesale level. And I wanted to open a retail store. So 2013 opened a brick and mortar and it was kind of my baby. Uh, and started, you know, continuing designing furniture and then also got plugged into my mom's residential design firm. And we rebranded and started Design Alchemy. How interesting that you, you know, kind of 
wanted to move away at first and then missed it. We're traveling. Like that is that is a, a very unique story and path. Deborah, what about you? It's been fun. Let's hear your story, mom. My story is I went to school uh, initially to study design. And then I, you know, when you're in college, kind of discovering what you want to do and they have you take those tests that tell you what your best path is. Well, um, I scored really high and they said design is definitely something I should go into. And then they said the average salary would be $23,000 a year. And I thought, oh, heck no, I, I can't do that. So I minored in design and anthropology and I majored in business, but every one of my jobs after I graduated had something to do with design, whether it was facilities planning at Hewlett Packard or initially I was more on the corporate side. And then um, I, kind of got involved in the video game world and I started designing um, video game studios for Sega and Sony around the world. And I did that for about seven or eight years and it was ridiculously fun and amazing, mostly because it was just at the very beginning of video games. I'm really old. So uh, <laughs> like, there, there weren't classes on video games. like. Uh, Finding talent for the studios was really very difficult. Uh, so one of the key motivators to attracting that talent was creating these amazing studios. And since they live and breathe in the studios, uh, basically 24-7 or more nocturnally than, than during the day, but um, we did just stupid, stupid things to make them really crazy and fun and, and adventurous. And... Um, so anyway, I did that, and then I had Christine, and uh, I was traveling like crazy, and it was really, it was really hard. Being, um, I was a single mom at that point. It was just really hard. I wanted to spend more time with her, and so I switched focus. I uh, stayed consulting for uh, Seg at the time, and um, started launching my. Um, residential business and then it just kind of took off and haven't played a video game since that's me <laughs> that is pretty wild so but Christine's right like there wasn't a decision I ever made after she was born that she wasn't involved with like which one do you like like which fabric do you like better which paint which you know the whole thing so yeah she went to every market with me she like, carried plants and uh, we rearranged the living room multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> Never forgotten. I can't even tell you how many different bedrooms Christine had. Oh my gosh, how many? So. Well, we had the celestial theme. We oh, had the like. Themes too. Yes. <laughs> we had the pink '90s stencil theme. You know, just a little teaser for you. I wish these yeah. images were on your website. You know, as like beginning. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The origin Before story. And after. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's been an adventure. And the most amazing thing to me now is just um, working with Christina as an adult. And she she motivates me and uh, inspires me and awes me um, virtually every day. It's just amazing to be able to share my passion with somebody that I love so much. And um, since so many of our projects are out of the area, we travel. We, I still get to travel with her and 
she's just my best bet. Is it, um, do you find that your styles have always been in sync or do you both bring something different to a project that you have individually? I, I don't think our styles are necessarily the same. I appreciate her style. I'm not quite sure if she appreciates mine, but um, <laughs> I, I think we we both bring different things. Like I, I can see, you know, and it's different depending on the client because some clients kind of uh, gravitate. Like we're both really good at picking up the style and the needs and the vision of our clients. And uh, none of our houses, none of the projects that we work on are, ne- are necessarily anything that we would want to live in or that they're not our style. So um, the, there's never like a conflict because we're designing for them, not for us. Somebody asked us the other day when they were looking at our portfolio, they said, you know, I can't tell what your style is because there's a lot of diversity. And we're like, that's because we have diverse clients. Like, it, it, you know, it's they're going to all look like the client. And I, I think that I, I'm proud of that. When we go into somebody's house, I don't see us individually at all in, in the projects. I would say personally, you know, our styles are a little bit different. I love pattern uh, and I love mixing as much pattern as possible in my in my personal home. And, you know, every wall is plastered in wallpaper and kind of granny chic one day and prep for the summer and put new drapes up. But, you know, being in my mom's home is equally as comfortable. It's a little bit more laid back and neutral. But um, I think we really are um, succinct when we find a piece that we love or a pattern that's awesome or wallpaper that is outstanding. We're on the same page. So let's get in. You kind of brought up patterns. So I I feel like we should dive into that. Um, You know, I find that often you, it it's makes sense. The appeal of a neutral space, you know, longevity and um, it's something that you can live, feel like you can live with for a long time. But I often feel like people doing it themselves go to solids. They think neutral and they think a solid fabric or, you know, just relying on solids a lot. But if you look at your portfolio, one of the things I really loved is um, like there was one house in particular that had these sort of two curved uh, sofas facing each other. And there's so much pattern in the room. Some of it's very tonal, some of it's small scale, but there is a lot of pattern. And so it has that feel of a neutral, you know, very kind of airy, earthy, room, but if you actually get into the details, there's a lot of layers. And so I thought this could be, that could be a good lesson to people who love a neutral room, but don't necessarily think to use pattern when they're decorating. Absolutely. The space you're talking about, it's a Mediterranean home and the walls um, are all white, but we infused pattern through textiles, through large upholstery pieces, um, and through wallpaper and secondary spaces. So I think it's important to make sure your space feels like a retreat, that there's still some tranquility, but that there's also a connection point where people come into your home and it feels like you and your family. And I think you achieve that individual nature 
through texture and through pattern. So even if you have white walls, you can infuse that pattern through a really cool statement chair, not being afraid to use pattern on a sofa or a larger upholstery piece through, of course, pillows and accessories. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, on larger scale pieces, we have a tendency though to go a little tone on tone in our pattern and save the the real um, colorful pieces for a chair or an upholstered item. Uh, like maybe it's a wood chair that has upholstered uh, cushions or something that you can change out. I, I tend to tire of things very easily and I'm fairly um, fiscally conservative by nature because you know I see trends all the time. I think that's another thing like Christine and I, we vary so much lately in our pattern because a lot of the things that she's liking now, I liked when I was 20, you know, they just, they've come back. So I can't help but relate to when I put them in my apartment or, you know, when I use them and, um, I, I don't know. It, it's interesting and enjoyable, but um, I also don't want it back. So it's uh, it's hard to just say, oh yeah, that'll look good. Um, but like Christine said, in that house, the curved sofas, um, they are fairly neutral, even though there's a pattern, um, but they are more tone on tone, just a, a lighter and darker off-white tote kind of, um, but as you tour the room, there's a lot more color in the art and the pillows and the secondary pieces. There are a lot of different moments that you can um, change up because the sofa itself isn't too bold or distracting. So, okay, make the case for me to using a tonal pattern and why that's important. Because I would imagine you know, someone doing it themselves might say, well, what's, if it's, if it's not a dramatic pattern, then what's the point in using it? Why wouldn't I just use a less expensive solid? I think that's a great question. I think it comes down to the texture. A pattern can also be a texture. So when you see the variation, even if it's tone on tone, uh, it evokes a coziness to it or evokes a certain mood to it. So whereas a solid can lay really flat, a pattern can lay more textural. And I think that's really important when looking at your space as a whole, that you're bringing in different elements and different materials. And you can do that through a tone-on-tone pattern. That makes sense. Well, is there a functional advantage to a a tone-on-tone pattern versus a solid? You know, we do a ton here in California because we have a lot of indoor-outdoor spaces. We do a lot with Krypton, so a chemically treated fabric for stain protection or a Sombrella indoor-outdoor fabric. So those curved sofas, again, that you're talking about are adjacent to their California room, which opens up to their pool. So the kids are running around in their swimsuits. Everybody's wet. So we wanted to bring in a Sombrella fabric on those sofas. So it's a lovely uh, patterned Sombrella um, and it it works very lovely. So, uh, yeah, I imagine that the, that the pattern, obviously, Sombrella's weather resistant, it's stain resistant, but also the pattern, I imagine, hides a stain. So even though you could clean it off of this umbrella, you might not necessarily have to clean it off every single time it gets something on it because it's not as obvious. Exactly. The pattern has a little bit more variation to it. So you're able to kind of hide that stain coverage a little bit more. I'm wondering about pattern styles in terms of like, when do you, when do you choose something that has 
you know, something that has like longevity, like a stripe versus something that might be a floral versus something that might a different tone on tone or how do you choose a pattern that has longevity versus being kind of a flash in the pan in the moment? I think the important thing is to find a fabric or a pattern that you absolutely love. When we present color stories to clients, there's always one pattern that a client is like, yes, I love that. That's so me. So if we use that on a chair or a larger upholstery piece, we might do a solid pillow or a solid throw so that there's a little bit of neutral that's breaking up that pattern. So I I always believe go big. If you love the pattern, like you have a favorite blouse that you love in that pattern that speaks to you. And when you wear it, you feel like yourself. It's the same with a chair. When you see that chair, it should make you really happy. Uh, That's my philosophy. And I don't think if you love the pattern that you'll ever really get tired of it. And then there's also opportunity to kind of block that pattern a little bit with a solid or another texture layered on top. I also think when we design, we look at the purpose and the intention for each of the rooms. And so if we want it to be a little more playful, um, then we can invoke a little more color and pattern. If it's supposed to be, if it's more of a retreat or very peaceful setting, then we do more tone on tone and or maybe bolder patterns, large scale patterns, as opposed to really tight, um, high energy patterns. Um, it'll, it'll just be more subdued in, in a more relaxed space. But um, mixing up those, those patterns and maybe interjecting a more peaceful stripe um, just to calm everything down, uh, depending on the space, is, uh, is easy for us to do and, and I think works, works well. Especially when you consider, you know, also the, the, the structure of the piece of upholstery has to be taken into consideration. A lot of times things with a lot of curvature will look better with um, the pattern as opposed to stripe because stripes are going like, to um, tone them down a little bit, if you know what I mean. And the pattern kind of like um, uh, like a big floral on a curvy sofa or, uh, or um, just creates a little more interest and kind of goes with the the curvy nature, you know, of of whatever the piece is. If it's really structured and um, you're trying to get away away from the structure because the other pieces in your room are a little more curvy or you want a little more freedom in the space, then again, more of a a free flowing pattern is going to look better than a solid stripe. So, um, you know, maybe an immense lounge that we wanted, you know, that we have flannel wallpaper and, um, you know, heavy velvet or something, we, we would probably use a stripe more often on those in, in that space as opposed to something with some bold geometrics or, or things like that, just because we want to keep it very severe. That's an interesting kind of concept. Like, it's almost like fashion. It's like every, um, you know, certain clothes are going to look good on your body type in the same way that certain fabrics are going to look good on certain chair bodies and not on others. So that's 
definitely sort of a wrinkle. 100% right. Kind of a wrinkle if you're picking stuff out. You can't just put any fabric on any chair. You know, some are going to flatter the the shape more. Exactly. And and you'll see it when you do it. If something is a little disconcerting, it's because you might not know that that's why. But if you put another fabric on that same piece, you'll, you'll be able to discern that. And we only know because we've done it wrong and right. Well, it's funny. We do, you know, we have sort of um, renderings on our site when you put a a fabric on one of our bodies and customers may not notice this, but we don't let you put um, stripes on anything that's tufted. So if you go in and you look at like a tufted sofa, a stripe isn't an option because we know that it'll look not great, you know, but um, I do feel like in those renderings, you can very quickly tell what works and what doesn't, you know, you can kind of see like, oh, this body like really sings in a stripe or the floor. Oh, it's a great feature that Ballard offers. It, 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 I think that that's the easiest way to, to see if it looks comfortable to you, not in terms of use, but to the eye. I would encourage everybody to to try out that feature. I think it's it's just amazing to see the difference in in a chair that has that more free flowing pattern as opposed to a stripe or a solid. Do you re- recommend sort of going like contrasting your fabric with your shape or like more mirroring? You know what I mean? Like if you've got a really structured chair with very kind of streamlined lines should you do a floral that's organic and contrast it or should you do something that feels more in line with structure of the chair do you understand what i'm saying i don't know if i'm wording this right yeah i do understand i think in that in that case it goes back to the intention of the room like if you want to surprise somebody or do something that's a little bit quirky or um unusual and you want to create a little bit of disparity in this space, then it it's great to mix it. It's just, it, it, like you said, it, it is very much like fashion. If I'm going to a funeral, I'm going to want to look subdued and uh, just kind of blend into the background. If I want, if I'm going to a, a um, New Year's Eve party, I really want to go out there and look, you know, fancy. So um, even on these bones, you know, you, you, you have to like read the room and, and, and decide what your, what your intention is. So I want to know what, what patterns you're leaning toward right now. You mentioned that you're kind of a little bit disparate in in the type of patterns that you're loving, but what are, what are some of your favorites right now? Man, I'm open to all kinds of pattern. Like, bring it on. Uh, I think for me, it's more the color combo. Like, what's pairing well together? I'm in my plum phase, so anything purple mixed with a great emerald green and a mustard and a persimmon in there, I'm going to love it. Love the mix of a plaid and a check with a, of course, crazy wild floral. Um, It's I'm all about it. The mixing and the matching. Yes, she is. She <laughs> um, you know, I have to say, though, I was just looking at my picture and I'm wearing brown on brown. Um, but we went to uh, 
we were in Portugal a few months ago, or I don't know, uh, I don't know, five months ago, and I came back and I was embracing every sort of pattern. I, if I, if I got dressed in the morning, I would just keep changing until I was almost uncomfortable with the the juxtaposition of the patterns that I was wearing. Um, and like Christine said, there when we look at patterns because we're exposed to so much so much fabric and wallpaper and and we just we crave finding more and better and different and more unusual so for us when we find something that's really unique that becomes our drug of the day like we're, we're just so energized by that that we want to put it someplace and and it's really obvious to us when we see particular patterns or fabrics that we um that we're exposed to it it we can tell what house or or who it's going to be appropriate for in in what setting and 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 then we we locate furniture to put it on or a space to put it in or design a room around it. Um, so I, I think that there's not really one pattern or um, texture that is uniformly um, directing our design at this time. But I, I definitely think that a constant variety is is maybe a more appropriate answer for us. I I like um, I like heavily textured items. I tend to be more tone on tone. Christine tends to be more colorful, or I don't mix up a lot of colors in in my house. I mean, you can tell it, it's it's very <laughs> as she points know, to her background. I'm, probably because yeah, Christine has me in color all day long and. Um, but I love, <laughs> I love doing it for a house. I just, I'm just more, uh, when I come home, I just want peace. So I tend to be a little more monochromatic. So, okay. Do you have pattern? If you, if your home is mostly neutral, do you have pattern on your upholstery pieces or do you use a lot of solids? I have pattern on almost all my upholstery pieces. <laughs> And I see a stripe or a check as a neutral in Christine's house. Um, but to go back to, to the other question as well, to, to integrate it in, you know, typically I'll start with a really bold pattern, whether a wallpaper or a fabric and a floral or some mix of, um, I'm not super geometric, more of a free flowing pattern. And then I'll pair that with a colored texture, a colored stripe, a colored check and make a story around it. But um, yeah. I, I say be fearless in your upholstery pieces and go big with pattern. And sometimes, you know, I might get tired of the upholstery on the loose back and 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 seat cushions. Um, and I'll reupholster those and I'll keep the deck fabric stationary and just kind of flip through my my pattern and my texture. Deb's house, uh no, there's no <laughs> there's no print on her upholstery. <laughs> Christine's in in one of my rooms so I like I like lots of texture so I mean there's the little pink in those um, Indian panel doors but they're all pretty tonal this uh, this is about as uh, like 
it's there's so much texture. Is that a throw you're holding um, up? Yeah. yeah, she's throw. This is- she's holding up a black and white throw. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> she's doing that has some texture okay. and some pom poms. Yeah. But it's on a chair. Okay, the chair is monochromatic, but the back is a rush seat, and the leg and and it's wrapped in rush, and and rope, and it has this really cool rift oak kind of thing. So there's there's other elements that come into play. I'm not incredibly boring, but I am. <laughs> I am who I am, man. I do right. have to say, when I leave Deb's house, I think, should I paint all my walls white and take <laughs> my wallpaper down? Because that was kind of relaxing being at Deb's house. Right. But um, yeah. mm-hmm. so I think there's, you know, there's a little bit of diversity there. And when we work on our clients' projects, we try to maybe in a main space, keep it a little bit more neutral. And we bring pattern on the drapes, but the walls are neutral. And then in the guest room or the kitchen nook or the powder bath, we do a really bold pattern. So you have, as Deb mentioned earlier, a little moment, but making sure that it's all cohesive. So yeah, we talked a little bit about upholstery, but to your point, you know, there are other places that you could use pattern rugs, drapery. Um, So if someone does want to keep their upholstery neutral, whether it's just because they like that, you know, they love that look or it's a longevity thing or using what they already have. How would you recommend injecting some pattern into a space that maybe doesn't have much? I think rugs are a a great resource for bringing in a punch of color or texture, whether it's a jute or it's a really highly saturated colorful rug. Bringing in that drama and that punch somewhere is important. Um, and sometimes on the floor is the best place to go. I also think draperies are, are another great option. Maybe you stay solid on a Roman shade and you go with a bigger, bolder pattern on your drapery. Uh, pillows and, and throw blankets, uh, accent kind of textiles are another lovely example of, of bringing in more depth into a space. And then, of course, art. We love original art, whether you go to the gallery or you're traveling and you find a piece that you love or you're out thrifting and find some awesome cool vintage frames that you want to kind of pattern together. Yeah, I think there are also ways. I mean, pattern is important, but you can inject interest into a into a space very effectively with texture and almost use that as your feature. Like the like you can have a very flat Roman shade or, or panel, or you can have a, a grass cloth or a bamboo Roman shade on your window. And just sometimes the, the art that is created with the light penetrating through um, a more neutral fiber um, creates color and interest in a way that a manufactured pattern is never going to be able to achieve because it's it you know it, it's a fiber and also when you use when you use pattern um, if it's as flat as the texture as the solid that you have on an upholstered piece it's, you're going to be sometimes disappointed because everything is going to be flat even though it has a pattern it's still a flat pattern so I would encourage them, to, maybe it's a nubbier sofa and in the solid 
or if it's a, a, a like a linen um, slipcover on the sofa, go with something, a nubby pattern or something with a with dimension on it um, for a pillow or an accessory item. Well, even your bathrooms, you guys have infused with pattern in very subtle but great ways. Can y'all talk through how you do it in, oh, in a bathroom? You know, Bathrooms are so important to us because they're so cold and yet you spend so much time in them and there's not that much you can do with necessarily, especially in like a production house. If, it, if it's not something that you've, you know, you've designed a custom vanity or you were able to interject um, some sort of interest in, in, in the stationary objects. But, um, you know, I, I personally, I have a vintage wool runner in my bathroom and I I love it every single day when I step on it I think I love touching this I like I don't I don't even know why bath mats were invented anymore like just get a get get a create create a sense of home and warmth in your bathroom as opposed to a sterile environment it's just um it's it's really comforting to just spend time and uh, continue continue the story of your house into that space i think too just one more one more thing i i that you guys actually just made me think of the reason why my house uh, it's like an epiphany for me so i feel like i need to share it with everybody in our practice i tend to focus more on the architectural elements of the houses and christine focuses more on the styling and the merch diet the 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 stuff inside the house and it's the same way with me like i love to create cove ceilings and um architectural elements that are going to visually create interest in a space and so when like in my house i have a lot of architectural elements and and i just adore that and every time we are with a client, I try to speak to the architecture, the original architecture of the house and bring more of the feeling of that culture, whether it's a, a French country house or a Spanish style house or a, a contemporary house, just trying to do things with architecture that are going to help uh, portray your vision. And and I think that's why maybe I'm tone on tone because I really that it's the architectural elements of my space that are primarily important to me. Is it like if you, like if you have more interest and personality in your architecture, then maybe you don't need as much interest in in your furnishings because like you've already got some drama. Like you're you're not starting at square one. You've already got some drama with your mm -hmm. like structure? Yeah, I think so. And and then it gives you it gives you a storyboard for creating the the feel of the room. Like by by pulling everything together when it's when you already have when you focus like instead of having a flat ceiling for instance, like create a little interest there and then work with pieces that are going to play to that and make because when you do that um, it, it it ties the entire room together as opposed to making the couch look like a couch that's stuck in the middle of a room. We talk about texture and pattern 
in on upholstery and, and pillows, but it also needs to be considered on the walls and the ceiling and just the, the basic elements to the space. Taryn, Liz, any final questions before we do our dilemma? No, I'm excited to get to the dilemma now. You, yes. It sounds like you've thought a lot about it already. <laughs> this is great. It's funny, Christine said that about um, going home and, and doing something to her house. We have a client and we've done, I think, five or six houses for her. And every oh one gosh. of them has been different. But the, this last house, this last house is much more adventurous. And that's that's the glory about working with people over and over. Like they want something even more exciting because when their friends come over, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe you did. Um, so they want to create that in the next house. And when she comes over to my house, she came over on, on Saturday and she's like, oh, you know, maybe we shouldn't have done so much pattern. Maybe we should just do this like modern. And I'm like, what are you kidding me? Like, that's not even who you are. I, we can't do that. So you do have to think of your personality. Even, you know, I wear a lot of browns and caramels and, and things. It just, that's who I am. But your house should speak to who you are. Well, let's get to Margot's question. Because <laughs> I I'm I'm actually dying to know what you what you say. Yeah. I'm gonna read it and then we'll discuss. Okay, so our question comes from Margot and she says, Hi ladies, I've been a longtime follower of the podcast listening from Virginia, and I'm just now getting around to submitting a design dilemma. I absolutely love decorating and I'm an avid interior design lover. So I'm very excited to hear what you have to say about my current decorating dilemma. The living room is a long and narrow room, which has made decorating challenging spans the entire left side of our house, and since it's the only hangout room, it also doubles as a playroom for our one-year-old. This is the room I focused on when we first moved in four years ago, and we started by painting the room and custom designing the sofa from a furniture store. Two years later, we were able to get the two gray antelope swivel chairs. I love the sofa and the chairs individually and really thought I could get them to work together. However, the thing I keep going back to is wishing I got the sofa in a white krypton instead of the beige linen. Reupholstering the sofa and chairs is not in the cards since we just spent a good amount of our budget on those. And although I love the wall color for our downstairs, it's bare ginger snap or ginger sugar. It's a warm gray. I also feel like the paint color in the room may help solve the issue. A different rug may also help. Thoughts. Is there anything else you suggest instead or in addition to that? I'm also open to other design advice and constructive criticism. Can we fix the neutral blob situation? Thank you so much for your help, Margot. So yeah, so she has, um, you know, kind of this long living room. It's sort of a warm, but very light gray. There's a a fireplace in the center and she kind of has her sofa and two chairs centered on on the fireplace and then kind of to one end is sort of another little narrow space. Um, And then the other looks kind of like a little play space space for her one-year-old. And we have to remember that she has twins on the way. I think she told us that she has twins coming. So yeah, <laughs> she definitely needs a space that's going to work for for some kids. Deborah and Christine, what do y'all think? Yeah, this will be fun because mom and I haven't talked about the dilemma together. So we'll see what we come up with. I just want to start by saying great work, Margot, for 
going with a pattern on your accent chair, going with an interesting arm on your sofa, picking out a rug in your dining room with some color. Uh, so great work. I could totally tell you love design and I it's coming together. Um, a couple points for the living room space. It feels like the wall that the sofa is on, since it is so long, needs some texture. It's like the word of the day, texture. So bringing in a grass cloth with some color, I think would be lovely. And then I personally would consider relocating the abstract kind of pastel art piece that's behind the sofa and bringing it into the dining room because it pulls in the colors of the rugs, the rug a little bit more in the dining room and bringing in that blue square piece of art to bring in the color of the rug and the antelope chairs. So putting the blue piece behind the sofa, wallpapering the sofa wall, and then finding some great um, sconces, plug-in sconces for behind the sofa to kind of anchor that area. And maybe they're brass or they're polished nickel, something with a metallic element to bring in some reflection and some interest. Um, and then I think the upholstery on the sofa is fine, but maybe bring in a, a color, colorful nubby throw on that ottoman to bring a little bit more life there in another material. I think it's okay when you have a big, long space to create multiple spaces within that environment. Like I, I would try to section off the living room from the dining room and create an interesting story in each that are complementary, but not necessarily the same. And Margo's done that with the different rugs. Um, like they're creating a, a much different space, but they don't really coordinate together. So I, if I would suggest if she likes the, the blues of the really decorative rug, that maybe you, you find something that has a stronger base for your living room. So it's a little more complimentary that creates a uniqueness and a definition of the space in the living room that's as strong as the base that she's creating in the dining room. It's just um, like your attention doesn't know where it wants to go. Um, I, I think if I walked into that space, my eye would go directly to the colorful rug and um, and and it, I would miss the the pretty antelope chairs and the and like Christine said the arm on the sofa. Um, I I also feel like the walls the walls need definition. You need to um, create some intimacy in this space and try to stay with the same style of of. Furniture, for instance, the the dining room has um, some ladder back chairs that are very traditional. Uh, little, I, I don't know what the right terminology is, but the the sofa and the chairs are are much more contemporary and and have more of a modern slant. The other ones are more like farm. The the chairs are a little more farmhousey. Like the whole dining room feels a little more farmhousey to me. And then the living room is a more sophisticated look and then um, and and much more contemporary. But then in the in the background, you have uh, some very, very, very traditional um, 
dark wood chairs uh, that are dining chairs. Um, so I, I think you need to kind of pick a style and and carry it through the the whole space. And um, and I, I I mean I would think I her style clearly is in the sofa and um, the the beautiful chairs she picked out. So I would just carry that through everywhere. Maybe um, a way of doing that cost effectively is as uh, maybe slip prep covering the ladder back chairs in the dining room um, to kind of create more of a feel similar to the chairs in her um, living room. What if she just added, I, t- I totally see what you mean there. What if she just added like an upholstered head chairs at the ends just to add that softness? Yeah, I, I think having some, uh, she needs bulk in that room too. The, the pattern on the rug is so strong and the chairs have so much air around them that having, like she could add a, a big plant in the corner that takes up vertical space and creates mass in the corner that kind of equalizes the, the, the weight of the rug on the floor and then create some body to the chair to the chairs with slip covers and then maybe have some solid slip covered chairs um, as a host and hostess chair. I think that would be great. And then she could also pull those pieces in if she has more people around. True. Um, she can pull those into the other room and for entertaining. I feel like Margot is being really hard on herself around the sofa. I like the sofa. And also with three kids, a one-year-old and twins on the way, like white is not, even in crypto, even in Krypton, um, it was kind of what we were talking about earlier. Yes, you could get out a stain from your white sofa, but do you want to have to clean your sofa every night? And that's what you might have to do if it's actually white, you know, even if it's performance, like, And it also, it, it would also highlight the sofa a little more, like the largest piece in your room doesn't necessarily need to stand out so much. So um, you already have the, the white coffee table ottoman. And I, I think having more white there isn't necessarily maybe switching up the pillows a little bit more um, would be a better answer. Um, she might She might prefer that. My own, the only, the thing that I was thinking about, and maybe your, your grass cloth, Christine kind of solves this was like some window treatments. I felt like this room was actually much like, I think she's being too hard on herself. I felt like, oh, just add some bolt, like a bold window treatment, like maybe a velvet or something. And like, she would be done. I mean, it would just kind of tie it together, give her a little bit more um, drama and softness, but I felt like she has done a great job. She has done a great job. I think it's hard because she has the interior shutters Mm -hmm. that are open on the windows that I'm sure she loves getting that natural light filtering in. Um, But she could add a Roman. She could add a Roman or the trim work is so beautiful. I think by adding a grass cloth, you get that texture and dimension on the walls, And then your trim pops a little bit more too. So it's... Uh, in line with the tailored look of the seating grouping in her living room. Yeah. Yeah, I think the grass cloth, to your point, would do what I was thinking with the window treatment. But you're right, the the curtain with the shutters is not 
I'm all about um, some slip-covered chairs in the dining room. I think Ballard is a great place to uh, go to to find those. You have so many color offerings and styles. I think they're perfect. And then maybe putting a mirror above the credenza to reflect a little bit. And then that big art piece on the back wall. I think your dining room is going to sing. Yeah, those are all great suggestions. Well, thank you, Deborah and Christine, for answering Margo's question. Thank you, Margo, for sending in your your question and for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. Congratulations on the twins. Man, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I think we edited down a little bit some of her question because it was, it was long. So I think the twins might have fallen off. But I remembered that because I was like, oh. No white sofa for you. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> could y'all uh, tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, and see your work? Absolutely. Our Instagram is Shop Design Alchemy, and our website is designalchemyltd.com. And we're here in Northern California. And reach out anytime uh, with questions or anything on Instagram. We're checking it daily. And thank you so much for having us today. It's been lovely. Yeah, it was a pleasure meeting and talking with you guys. Thank you so much. I, I loved getting to see your portfolio. And I was so jealous of the California vibe. Right? I like, oh, I want to. And their colors. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> well, we're, I, maybe it's because we're so used to it and we've, you know, been around it for so long. But Christina and I love going to the South and, and, New York, like every week, the more pattern, like we've totally embraced the tone on tone and kind of open air living. And can you tell we can talk about design all day long? <laughs> yeah. Us too. We can Us too. too. Yeah. <laughs> and that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating!